Tonight I want to talk, last, last week I actually shared and, and, and spoke a message in regards to holding on to your promise from God in the journey towards obtaining destinies. Remember that? I talked about how we need to stay uh, uh, connected and we need to stay with our vision on what God's promised us and not let go and not compromise. You right there, Lyndon? You good? Just checking. Tonight I want to talk a little bit about faith, but specifically I actually want to talk about the declaration of your words in agreement with the things that God's told you. And if you don't know, you're about to know. Okay? Come with me, please, to the book of Proverbs. This might be a slightly different angle on faith than you've maybe heard before. It's a practical one, but it's a potent one. Proverbs chapter 13. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 2. Now, you have to understand in the Bible when it talks about a man, for the most part, it's talking about men or women, okay? A man shall eat or a woman shall eat well by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the unfaithful feeds on violence. Now, I just want to focus on the first half. The Bible here is telling us that you're going to eat well by the fruit of your mouth. What that means is the words coming out of your mouth is going to cause your life to eat well or eat unwell okay just bear with me some of you are like what do you mean that's like if i say good things people treat me nicely well we're gonna we're gonna just expound on this in a little bit come over to a couple of pages over to the um chapter 18 proverbs chapter 18 verse 20 we there 18 verse 20 a man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Come with me, please, to the book of Genesis chapter 1. The book of Genesis chapter 1. Verse 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Verse 3, then God said. God's response to anything, because we know that God is light, right? So darkness is the opposite of God. True? God's response to everything that is opposite who he is, comes out of his mouth, not his hands. Everything that's opposite God, everything that opposes God, the way God addresses it is firstly with words. But God's words aren't weak, like we've kind of mellowed out in thinking. We we think our own words are just casual most of the time, true? But they're not. Because the Bible tells us just a little bit later on, right in Genesis here, that we've been made in the image or the likeness or the similitude to God. Right? So you've been made to function like God. When God is addressed with something that opposes him, he speaks. True? 
When Jesus had, when Jesus was in the desert, I mentioned it last week. When Jesus, when Jesus was baptized, he went up into the desert. This Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord led him out to fast in the desert for forty days that he might be tempted by the enemy. When Satan shows up the three times that we know about, I, I referenced it in, the, in my message last week. Those three times, Jesus didn't respond in any other way but with word. True, because he understood that his words were not just a vocabulary negotiation. His words were a powerful weapon. His words, and even the devil knew that his words were powerful because he said, say to those rocks, remember? Jesus, you're hungry. Speak to the rocks and make them into bread. Command that the rocks... Remember? So the devil understands the power of your mouth more than you do. True? That's why he tries to get us negative a lot of the time and actually speak things that are negative or doubtful, or despairing. Jesus created, sorry, God created everything that we know to be creation through the power of his mouth, all except for Adam's frame, which it said he made his body out of clay, and then he breathed into it, which is again the mouth breathing. True? Stick with me because I want you guys to get this. Because can I tell you this? Right now, every single person in this room has hostility pressing against you in one way or another. You have things, whether it be health, whether it be your finances, whether it be relational stuff, whether it be you feel like the call of God, whether you feel like the, the enemy is actually attacking you. You have hostility pressing against you and you actually need to have a response. Come on, guys. We do that. You, need, you can talk back to me. Okay, because you've been made in the image of God, you need to start acting a little bit more like it. The enemy's tried to tame you and get you to feel sorry for yourself and then actually speak, oh, it's all going to come crashing down. Oh, I'm going to be defeated. Oh, this, that, oh, that, oh, that, right? The doctors tell you something, it's like, oh, that's now I have this. Do you realize what you've just said? You've just agreed with darkness. I Look, I fully appreciate doctors. I fully appreciate the medical world because we actually need them. There's nothing that we're here to knock doctors. But what I am here to say is there's actually a, a law above the medical law. There is a world that's above the medical world because all that doctors can do is they can say, well, we've found this in your body and now we're going to experiment with different medical drugs and procedures to try and fix you. And all God needs to do is speak one word out of his mouth and it all shifts. We know this to be true. But we also have to start realizing and owning in our spirit that we've been made in the image of God. Come on, guys. The people in this room, if you get this, you're going to start obtaining things. When you get this, you're going to start seeing miracles. You're going to start seeing healings. You're going to start seeing things being supplied. You're going to start seeing the enemy being uprooted and cast out of your life. Oh, come on, somebody. Oh, come on now, somebody. Okay. Come with me, please, to Mark, the book of Mark, chapter 11, your boy Mark. Mark, chapter 11, verse 20. 
Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up to the roots. Now just the day before, Jesus actually cursed the tree because it wasn't, didn't have any fruit on it. God would never curse anything. Well, apparently he did. That just blew out every single, you know, seeker-friendly ministry. And Peter, remembering that, uh, remembering, said to him, said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. Verse 22. Now pay attention to this, guys. Can I just say what I'm, what I'm about to say right now doesn't apply to preachers and ministers and pastors. It applies to everybody. We need to get past the, oh, the preacher can pray for me. Like, that stuff's important, but we actually need to get beyond that to the point where we actually start owning this personally. Do you notice that all of David's life, the heroes weren't just David? The guys around David became mighty men because they got what was on David and then they started to replicate. They essentially became his sons. Spiritually, you could say that's what happened. And you see these guys, they had these, these crazy phenomenal stories did reckless, crazy things and just defeated, destroyed enemies. Don't just let your life be someone that follows and passively sits under leaders. Be someone that starts to glean and get and obtain where your life starts to replicate and look the same. Does this make sense? Verse 22, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. That's a really weird response. Peter's like, yeah, you cursed that tree and we're back here today and now that tree's totally like withered up and died. What's going on, Jesus? And he's just like, have faith in God, guys. That's a blowout. But he's trying to tell them something because not one word Jesus said was casual. Not one, Jesus, well, not one word Jesus said was like flippant and just loose. It was actually very intentional. And a lot of the time we miss the treasure because we read stuff casually. And we don't understand what actually Jesus was trying to tell people. So the first thing what he was telling Peter was that you've got to have faith. You have to have faith from this place where you're not begging. You have to have faith in God so that when you speak, you speak with authority. The scriptures say that when you speak, okay, guys, get this. I don't care if this is your first day in God or you've been walking with God for 50 years. This is what the scriptures say. When you speak, Speak as an oracle of God. Do you know what that means? When you speak, speak as a mouthpiece of God. What does that look like? Well, I hope God comes through for us. Shallow, fickle Christian center. Jesus didn't beg once. He didn't beg people to follow him. He didn't beg people to stay with him. He didn't beg people to be healed. He didn't beg lepers to get delivered. He didn't beg demons to come out. He stood in authority, with humility, he stood in authority in everything he did. He did with unstoppable power. Just heaven, just flowing through him. He had compassion, he had emotions, but he had this thing in him that was unmovable. Peter, have faith in God. That's the first thing he says back to him. Have faith in God, Peter. Okay, verse 23. It says, For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says, what's that word I just said? Says, says, speaks, declares. 
Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. Third key right here. Have faith, speak, do not doubt. Have faith in God, because when you have faith in God, strength is going to be in your being. And when strength is in your being, when you speak, you're going to speak with a surety. A surety? I don't know. Something like that. Assuredness. How's that? Jesus was saying assuredly, so I guess I'm going down that road. There is a certainty in what's going on here. Guys, I'm telling you, some of you guys are dealing with stuff that's just pressing you right now. Who's going through stuff? Even if it's just a little thing, it might be a health issue, it might be finances pressing, it might be relational. Look, see, look around them. It's pretty much everybody in here. And anyone that's not lifted their hands, you can be honest and lift your hands because everyone else has lifted their hands and now you won't look bad. It's, it's all of us. Because you're going to deal with stuff that presses on you and puts pressure on you and says no. Remember, in the beginning, there was God and darkness was on the other side. God's response is to speak. And yours should be too. But we have to set a guard at our mouth so that we don't sin against God by speaking and empowering the wrong thing. You can start agreeing with the enemy. You can start agreeing with the oppressor. You can start agreeing with sickness. You can start agreeing with debt. You can start agreeing with the devil himself pushing against you by actually starting to say, yeah, this is happening to me. You should always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that is in you. Always. In season and out of season, right? We're like, we're like good little classic cliche cookie cutter mold Christians and we believe, we've been taught to believe that that scripture is talking about evangelism. It is, but it's talking about so much more than just evangelism. It's actually talking about something on the inside of you that is not negotiable. God is going to bless me. Look at, look at Job. Job is totally... If you guys haven't read Job lately, I would encourage you to read the book of Job. Job's life falls apart in every area, but like literally dying. His children are literally eating in a house and the whole house collapses and kills all of them. His friends are so messed up that by his situation, it's off their grid. They're like, dude, just curse God and die, dude. It's blowing. Your life sucks. Just pull the pin. That's where his, his friends were saying that. That's where the level where he was. And he said, even if God kills me, I still won't doubt him and I won't curse him. We need to actually let something shift on the inside of us so we actually shift over. This is how you overcome. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Revelation. Come on, guys. The word of our testimony, what comes out of here. I plead the blood and I'm going to declare and defy this thing that's coming against my life. And I'm not going to love my life even unto the death. That means I'm not going to be so materialistic and carnal and worldly minded that I actually veer over this way. I'm just going to stand here until God delivers me. And even if he doesn't, I'm going to trust him. Does this make sense? We need to get something inside of us. And the only way you can do that, faith comes by here and hearing by that means you need to get this book and you need to eat it and eat it and eat it and eat it and eat it until it gets inside of you and then you need to eat it some more until you actually start knowing God. 
The reason that we get weak in our faith and we start wobbling in the knees is often because we haven't invested this. And no condemnation if that's you, and it's been me at times in my life, just get back on the train. Because that book right there, even though it can be monotonous, and it is monotonous sometimes, this book right here is not pages and ink. It is a spiritual food that causes something in you to grow and be strengthened, just like it does with praying in tongues. Hey, listen, man, I would love to go out right now and eat some crazy, like, ice cream and cake and burgers, and I'm just not doing that. I haven't eaten that stuff for, like, three months, and it feels good. But it takes a bit of discipline for me to sit down and eat a salad sometimes. Can I get a witness? Do you get what I'm saying? Because part of me just wants to do that. But I know that if I'm going to lose the weight that I want to lose and get in shape, I actually need to commit to this thing and I need to do this thing over here. Does that make sense? And so sometimes, over time, life gets busy. Oh, it's all too hard. I've got to do the next thing. And... Oh, I just did it. And we just got like a million reasons. And it actually is a load of... Because you can't afford, I can't afford to let this book wane on the inside of me. I need to constantly be feeding myself with it. Because when the enemy comes, Holy Spirit inside of me starts taking the things that I've deposited and setting me straight. And when the enemy comes in, to mess with my life, these words give me a legal case to come out of my mouth and set things right. You guys understand what I've just said? Oh, you're not going to have enough to pay your bills. Oh, this is going to happen, that's going to happen. Devil? The word of God tells me, Caprice, I'm not speaking to you as a devil, but you get what I'm saying. I'm, just, I'm speaking to you because I feel it. I feel it over here. The Word of God tells me that God shall supply all my needs, not some. This book right here is an anchor that I can take to the bank. The Word of God says that God shall supply all my needs according to His trust fund? No. According to His charity? According to the GoFundMe? I'll get to GoFundMe in just a little bit. According to His riches and glory. Now, has anyone seen God's riches and glory in this room? Has ever, oh, oh, let me rephrase that because I don't want to embarrass anyone. Has anyone seen all of the treasures and wealth that God has in heaven? I haven't, personally. I've seen some of them, but I haven't seen all his riches. God shall supply my need according to his riches and glory. That means that according to all of us, his riches and his treasure and his supply is limitless. Our mind is limited, but his supply is limitless. What the enemy wants you to believe, now this is, this is I'm not just talking about finances, I'm talking about healing, I'm talking about atmospheric breakthrough. Sometimes it can feel like the enemy is pushing you and pressing you and you just feel this heavy demonic darkness. Who's felt that before? For no reason, you've done nothing wrong and you're just feeling a demonic darkness pressing on you and you need God to answer your need. And your need is, God, I need breakthrough. I don't even need anything in the natural right now. I just need breakthrough in the atmosphere because I feel like I'm losing my mind. Come on. You're not crazy. It's the atmosphere trying to make you feel crazy. And you need a breakthrough. God needs to come for you. Okay, David, what did you say? 
I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined and he heard my, not my complaint. He heard my cry. Not my begging. He heard my cry. God can only respond to the voice of faith. He can't hear a complaint. He can't hear murmuring, complaining. He can't hear doubt. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Come on, guys. Are we getting this? I'm just going to keep saying this stuff over and over again. Because here's the thing, guys. Some of, the, some of us in this room, we feel defeated. We live defeated from day to day to day. And God has given you all the keys to live as a conqueror. To live above only and not beneath the head and not the tail. Come on, guys. Where you live in victory and not defeat. Where you've been made a conqueror, more than conquerors, through Christ Jesus. But a lot of the time we don't feel like that. Now, now let's look at this again. Matthew. Sorry, Mark. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes... There's that thing again. Does not doubt. Remember the fig tree? Doesn't doubt, but believes. It's the same exact thing going on here. When you speak, you have to be so convinced that your whole life could pin on this thing, guys. Come on. We're going to get there in just a little bit. Okay. Shandai. And kick some devils. No, listen, man. Some some of you guys have been have have been under stuff, and it's actually time we get you free. It's actually time we get you into breakthrough because the devil's told you that the stuff's been happening to you. You deserve it. You give me a scripture for that. There's no scripture for God punishing you like that, is there? Oh, God's just put this sickness on you to try and make you a better Christian. Liar, devil. There ain't no scripture to back that up. Not one. Not one. Okay. Oh, yeah. God's just putting me through financial hardship to see if I'll be loyal. What kind of weird witchcraft is that? That's stupid. That's really dumb. That's why you need to know this book. Because God isn't actually into that stuff. He wants to bless you. Be removed. Whoever says this mountain, be removed, cast into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you have received them and you will have them. This is now starting to talk about someone. Jesus is starting to describe somebody here, guys, that is so determined that it sounds like they're obnoxiously arrogant. But they're not. They're confident. Jesus is saying, ask for things and don't doubt and believe that you've, had, you've got them before you've even received them and you're going to get them. Come on, guys. We need to let faith start rising up on the inside of us where we actually start having a shift. Come on. Who's sick of the monkey on your back? Who's sick of the stuff that try to push you around? Who's sick of that atmosphere that tries to speak to you? Who's sick of the finances that that constantly try and mess with you? Who's sick of the health stuff trying to throw you around? I'm sick of that stuff. So something needs to come up on the inside of us that starts speaking to mountains. Mountain of sickness. Mountain of finances. Mountain of relationships. Mountain of atmospheres. People speak about the seven mountains. There's a whole other book right there. There's seven different mountains. You need to speak to them and cast them into the ocean. Please don't think that you need Benny Hinn to lay hands on you. You have the power of God in you. It just needs to come out of your mouth in the right way. Because here's the crazy part. 
The same power and authority that cursed the fig tree, right, is the same power that's in you now. All power and authority has been given to me. I now give it to you. Remember he handed it off to the disciples? Whatever you bind will be bound. Whatever you loose will be loosed. In the heavenly, like in the spirit realm and in the natural. That means that with that power, you can actually start releasing really bad things. Yeah, I think I'm going to have this condition for life. You, can I just say this? You cannot afford to let that stuff come out your mouth. And if it has come out of your mouth, you actually need to start saying, I break those words in Jesus' name. I renounce speaking those words. God is going to bless me. God is going to heal me. God is going to give me a spouse. Come on. We need to get this. We need to snap out of that thing because the devil, what he wants to do is he wants to come over the top and he wants to put this sleepy, hollow spell over you where you start to accept your defeat. But you've been made more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Come on, guys. I know I'm getting a little riled, but hey. Here, can I just tell you something? And and please hear my heart in this. One thing that concerns me about the generation that we're in right now is that we have given away the need to have faith in a lot of areas. People don't believe God for money anymore. They start a GoFundMe account, and they believe people for money. Freaks me out, because if ever there was a massive recession... No one knows how to believe God anymore, and no one's giving anything on GoFundMe anymore. They're taking care of themselves. We've never done a GoFundMe account, right? Never done anything like that. And it's not, I'm not saying that it's bad, and if you don't GoFundMe, hey, I'm not condemning you, but what I am saying is you need to believe God and stop believing people. People are never your source. God's your source. Right? That can sometimes be the problem is you'll find someone goes to a doctor and they put more faith in the doctor than God and then what happens there is when they put more faith in the doctor than God, they believe the doctor and they doubt God. How can you receive from God when you believe someone else more? Hey, thank you. This is my honest opinion. Thank you for your opinion, doctor. I'm going to go get a second opinion. I probably won't be back. Just need to get the x-rays to prove that what you're saying is not true. <laughs> Appreciate the service. Now, you need to... And see, some people say, oh, that's very arrogant. He's just playing games with... No. Those that know their God will be strong. Not weak. Not, 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 not double-minded. Remember in James? Don't think that the person that's double-minded should ask anything from the Lord that they'll receive anything. They're going to be like a, a wave washed to and fro in the ocean. You actually need to have something in you that becomes so tenacious, like the woman with the issue of blood that crawled on the ground through a crowd to touch Jesus. Do you know that in that time, because of the unclean laws, and you can find in the Levitical laws, that she would have actually been stoned to death? She took a risk. She was so bold. She said, I am getting this from God. This is before any faith preacher stood up, by the way. She had something in herself that said, I'm getting this from God, Brenda, and I'm having this from him. I'm getting my visas, and we're getting a transition. And you start pulling it out of heaven. Come on, guys. What what do you need? Pull it out of heaven. Stop begging God. God is not pleased with your begging. It is not holy to beg God. Can I just debunk that myth? It is not holy to beg God. You are his children. If my children ever beg me for something legitimately, and I'm not talking about being a little brat, I'm talking about begging me, oh, daddy, please, please. You know, it's like, no, that'll be a shame for me. Because my sons are going to know that they just need to come and ask me. And if I say no, they're going to respect that. 
but it's my pleasure to bless my sons. Does this make sense? It's God's pleasure to bless you, but God physically cannot respond to begging and crying and complaining and whining. He only responds to faith, and faith is a demanding substance in a courtroom that says, see this article right here? God, you said that when I ask, you would hear me. Cool. Point one. Let's move to article two, God. You said that you would supply all my need according to your great abundant riches in heaven. Period. Okay, good. I'm glad we're starting to establish this case here, God. Awesome. Awesome. You said that I should ask and and receive. When I ask you that I'll receive. Ask and you shall receive. Right? Knock, ask, all that stuff, right? So God, right here, I have a need. And you're going to supply it for me. Now, to some people, that's rude, but not to God. That actually starts to please God. It pleases God because God actually admires faith. Remember, Jesus was the one that told the story of the widow that kept knocking on the unjust judge's door. He was trying to tell us something in God's perspective, and that was an unjust judge. He's like, I like tenacity. I like someone that won't let go. I like someone that will come before the throne of heaven and demand and demand and demand until I give it to them. He's trying to tell us something, guys. Can I just break this right now? Can this room just let go of settling? Can we just let go of the stuff that we've just learned to live with? Can we? Come on. If you have needs, like we've got needs, like we need need little friends for our kids to play with, right? We're going to get that in Jesus' name. Yeah, God, we ask you to bring that in quick in Jesus' name. That's a need. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. There is no scripture where there is a reward associated with self-pity. Can you find me one? I'm just going to sit down here and feel bad for myself. Hopefully God will take pity on me. No, God will sit there helpless. And you won't get nothing. And then you'll start a GoFundMe account. (laughs) Oops. Do you get what I'm saying? (laughs) I'm like, oh, cool, there goes another missions trip. Someone's on a GoFundMe again. Cool, hey. Hey, whatever happened to working hard and actually saving money and believing God for a breakthrough and miracle money coming? Whatever happened to that stuff? Because it seems like this generation's forgotten that. Just saying, it needs to be said. No one's saying it. Guys, you can literally pull heaven down and you can see crazy breakthrough that makes everyone else around you want to know what it is in your relationship with God. God even said that he would provoke other nations to come to him through jealousy because of how well he was taking care of Israel. I'm going to provoke them to jealousy because of how well I'm blessing you. A lot of the time they're looking at us saying, hey, do you guys need help? I'm serious. Your life, look, I'm not saying you're not going to have hardship because you are going to have hardship. But what I am trying to say is I'm trying to wake up some gifts inside of you. Remember, remember Paul, he said, stir up the gifts inside of you when you pray in tongues. Stir up the things. He said, take hold of those prophecies and wage war with them. How do you wage war with a prophecy, guys? Do you paint a picture, expressive art? 
Or do you actually start declaring it? And I'm not speaking against expressive art. What I am trying to say is this is not a sit down and then have a tea party thing. They're actually waging warfare with the prophecy. looks like God said, I'm having it. Come on, guys. And what has God told you that isn't, isn't coming about? What has God told you that everything in the natural world around you is speaking the opposite? What has God told you? Because you're going to need to start declaring something. You're going to need to let faith come start coming out of you where you actually start speaking to the darkness and making it back up. Because you have all authority as a royal son of God, as a royal daughter of God, to take authority over the atmosphere. I hope someone's getting something. Some of you are looking at me like, that's cool. I know you guys are loving it. Sometimes, sometimes when people are concentrating, they like look terrible. They're like, it's got to loosen it up a little bit. But seriously, faith and obedience is how you inherit. That's why last week I was talking about holding the course no matter what happens. No matter what happens, guys, I am holding the course. That's why we're going at it with this church in Huntington Beach, because we are going to see God do everything he told us we were going to see. Because it's actually not about us, it's us about it's actually about us obeying him. Then he gets all the glory, you see. It's awesome. But we've got to do it right. And with that, sometimes you need to speak to atmospheres. Do you understand that the most powerful weapon in your being is your tongue? Do you get that? Do you understand the potency of what I just said? Because most of the time, 99% of the week, we actually are not conscious of the fact that we're carrying around a weapon. Myself included, we can get very casual. We go to the coffee shop, we joke with a few people, we go to work, we goof around a little bit, we do some stuff, this, that and the other. And in the meantime, quietly, the enemy's trying to slip the blanket over the top of you. Just slowly moving that atmosphere. Yeah, he hasn't noticed... It's like one of those animals, you know, like that animal's just sitting there laying. You see them like, like those little YouTube videos? Just recently I saw this cricket. He's just like walking. It's like a little cricket or a bug or something. And he's just like, the, the camera zoomed right in on him. It's this amazing photo. It's this little piece of dirt. This cricket's just like crawling over the top, just minding his business. And then you just see the ground move a little bit. And then the cricket stops. And he's like, oh, I don't know anything going on here. He just carries on. And then the spider just comes out of the ground and grabs him and takes him away. And sometimes the enemy just sits there and he's just trying slowly, slowly moving, slowly trying to change the atmosphere because hopefully you won't notice it. Until, until all of a sudden, man, it just feels really dark in here. I feel really oppressed. Just watch six different areas of my life explode. I just feel like something's trying to take me out. I feel like I'm losing my mind. I'm not even doing anything wrong. I feel like my... Fr- Whoa. See what I'm saying? All hell's manifesting right now. Bearing witness and confirming. Could, Robert, could you just close that door, please? You get what I'm saying? It's like, who's had those moments where it's like God's spoken to you and all of a sudden stuff just starts exploding? Relationships start blowing up. People start going crazy. You start getting what feels like you're getting persecuted. F- finances dry up. Um, uh, 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 health starts going crazy. Whatever it looks like. Stuff's, doors start closing that you thought were going to be easy and all of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. It's like, what the heck? That's the minute you need to start prophesying with your mouth. This is the most powerful weapon in your being. Sometimes, guys, can I, I'm just going to cross the line and say this, and I'm sorry, I stand over here a lot, but I'm going to come over here and say this. Sometimes Christians are too busy praying when they should be speaking. 
God, would you please, please help me? And God, Jesus is up there goes, oh, man, you still haven't figured it out. You've got the power. I've come to sit down until it gets all taken care of. You need to do it. Now, Jesus is praying and interceding and ever living on our behalf, but he's actually given us the power, guys. He's given us the authority. He's given us the keys to the kingdom to deal to the atmosphere. Come on. See, this is how we get people healed. We take authority over their atmosphere. We take authority over assignments that have been put against them to keep them down. Why would the enemy try and lull you into complacency so that you accept your chains? You were made to be free. You should never embrace your chains. Ever. You should always defy the thing that hell's trying to slip over you. And if you wake up and all of a sudden it's exploding around you, you start speaking and don't you ever let anything negative come out of your mouth. Don't you ever empower death coming out of this. And that might even be loose statements. Some of us need to get disciplined. Some of us need to stop having the little, you know, the little uh, self-pity romance parties. We actually need to let that stuff go and actually just start letting a tenacity come out of us that is very defiant. See, some of us in this room have a struggle with stubbornness and strong wills. Some of you are going, yes, Lord, that's me. Nobody knows either. Yeah, listen, <laughs> that strong will was made for something. It wasn't made to agree with the devil. It was made to defy him. You just need to submit your strong will to the right thing so that you actually start defying the stuff that's come against you. God has given you a stubborn will for a reason. It's just been used wrong. Sometimes we fight, you know, we'll picket stuff, we'll jump on huge Facebook feeds and have massive arguments, but we can't even say no to the devil. It's true. And meanwhile, we're suffering and, and we're, just, we're putting our strong will to work in all the wrong areas. Some of you actually need to start looking at your circumstances. Some of you have become so familiar that you've actually taken it on as an identity and you need to snap out of that thing and you need to start saying, no, this is not going to happen. I shall be healed. And you need to say that over and over and over and over again until you totally believe it. He who speaks to this mountain and says be moved and does not doubt in his heart. Come with me to the next scripture. A couple of good ones. Someone getting something tonight? Guys, we, we were made for war. You were made to take ground and sometimes arrows get through from the other side. You actually can't let that be your demise. You need to get healing. You need to take stuff out. You actually need to speak against your circumstances. There's been stuff that my wife and I have walked out, walked out and even myself in my single life prior to being married, where it's like you hear God. I mean, here, here's a classic one. You get this amazing word at church or from a friend, right? This prophetic word. It's a destiny word. God starts telling you what's going to happen. And then the next day, all of hell shows up to defy it and everything that says maybe it could happen just becomes it definitely can't. Hello? It like, it, it's not even a little bit. It's just this overwhelming tsunami of the devil saying, hell no. That is not your opportunity or your cue to sit down and shut up. That is your opportunity to latch hold of the promise that God's given, say, given you and say, you are not stealing this from me. I am having this. This is my inheritance. God has promised this to me. Amen? 
Okay, come with me please to the book of Romans, chapter 10. I'm going to try and be quick because I know we're almost out of time, but I'm going to pray for a bunch of people, okay? Because some of you guys, some of you, you let a pastor or a minister pray for you, but you don't believe it in your heart, and that's why you're not getting breakthrough. You can't let, I understand that there's a place for other people's faith, but you have to start getting this for yourself. We're here to overcome, guys. We're not here to be dictated to by the enemy. Okay, now look at this. Look at the power of this. Uh, Romans 10, verse 9. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Does anyone notice there's a correlation between all the scriptures I've read tonight, between what comes out of your mouth and what's in your heart? Do, do Do you notice there's a trend building here? Say we're building a case. Say it, say it. We are building a case. Because what comes out of your mouth actually has to match what's in your heart. You can't just say, oh, well, I know the right words to say, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, God's going to heal me, and hopefully he does. No, there needs to actually be something in here where you own this thing, guys. God is going to heal me. I don't need to know why, and I don't need to know how, and I don't need to know when, guys. I just need to know God's going to heal me. God is going to heal me. God is going to pay my debt. God is going to help me buy that new car that I desperately need because I can see my other one's about to go. Come on. God is going. Like there was a time where it's like, hey, we're going to have babies. We need a bigger place. We couldn't see how it was going to happen, but God did. We often forget that God has the perfect perspective. And we think that we do. We just actually need to start agreeing with him and stop doubting him and stop trying to figure out how God's going to be God because you're never going to figure that out. You're not going to actually understand how God's going to be God. You're just going to get to see what he does. We can't have, like my little boy, sometimes he tries to play the parent and tell me how I'm going to do my job. I'm just like, let's, let's just give that a shot for a second, see how far it gets you. You know, it's like, and I think God does that with us sometimes. Your job is to agree with him. Do you notice that the scripture says that obedience is better than sacrifice? That applies when you know the truth. For instance, what did Jesus do on the earth? What does it say about him? He went about healing the sick and delivering all those that were oppressed of the enemy. True? What makes you think that God's agenda has changed? What makes you think that God has now changed his priorities around sickness? What makes you think that God has changed his priorities around pulling gold out of a fish's mouth? What makes you think that God has changed his priorities about raising the dead? What makes you think that God has changed his priorities about building relationships? And seeing people married, the first miracle was at a wedding. What makes you think that God's agenda has changed because your circumstances have? No. Obedience, when you know the truth, is better than all your sacrifice and your outward Christian show. You're saying, God, I'm going to believe you, and no matter what, I'm following this trail, and you are coming through for me. Anyone here heard of a guy called Smith Wigglesworth? He was famous in the early 1900s. Epic dude. Crazy miracles. The guy started his ministry at the age of 70. That's pretty counterculture to where we're at today, where everyone thinks they're 19 and they can open a Facebook page and start a ministry. The guy was prepped. Oh, yeah, by the way, same way that Jesus and John the Baptist did it. 
They were in training until they were 30. John the Baptist ministered for three months and changed the world. Three months. Jesus ministered for three and a half years because they understood that the preparation was greater than the show. How can you ever have authority over a dead guy in a grave with, with, with rags wrapped around them unless you've actually walked out something yourself? Come on, it's true. You need to get something on the inside of you that owns, that in the day of battle when the enemy's knocking on your door, you look him straight back in the eye and say, you will not take one inch. You've got to get that in you guys. And I'm not trying to be macho, you guys know me by now. But you have to have something in you that answers hell and says, no, this is mine been given to me by God and you will not do that thing you're trying to do you're not going to take a dollar from me as a matter of fact I'm going to start taking dollars from you you're not going to take that health from me as a matter of fact I'm getting all my health back and then I'm going to spend the balance of my life getting everyone around me that I come into contact that's been messed with in that area completely healed you will not mess with me there needs to be something that comes out of you that's a lion we're so busy romancing the lamb and soaking that we forgot that there's a lion too. Do you get what I'm saying? You need both. You can't just major on one. You need both. But you need to let something come out of you that defies the thing that's trying to oppress you guys. I hate that stuff. I feel like we need to smash it a little bit because I'm telling you, you guys get this? You guys think you've had breakthroughs at this point? You're going to start seeing exponential breakthroughs starting to run through your lives because you can't obtain unless you have faith. Now, faith is the substance. It is the essence. It is the bartering card. It is the currency of everything you hope for. That's what faith is. Faith is literally the currency that you give to God in order that God gives you the thing you need. You hope for something that you haven't yet seen, but you believe for it and have faith for it in such a way that it's as if you're already holding it. That's how you get miracles, guys. When you say be healed... I'm not just saying the words because it's like, you know, the power of Christ compels you. I'm not saying that. Omni Padre Spiritu Sancti. I'm not saying words. I am speaking out of my being and I already see her healed. Not that I'm saying she needs to be healed, but you get what I'm saying? So something needs to come up. That's why it says let faith arise. Let something come out of you where it's like, hey, I'm not just speaking human language right now. I'm speaking a spiritual language that is commanding an architectural change in the atmosphere. It's speaking creatively like my father and saying, I see there's darkness. Let there be light in Jesus' name right now. You know what I'm saying? You guys have to get this, all of you. Don't just watch people like me with microphones do it. You get it because your life will start to change. You need a job? Robert, you're going to get a job that's 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, and it's going to pay you double what you're on now in Jesus' name. Okay? In Jesus' name. I'm serious. I'm not even goofing around. Because you need that. We need to start calling stuff in, guys. We need to start speaking things as though they are, even though they aren't yet. Even though in our bodies we might be feeling frail or weak or in pain, or we might be suffering consequences of things happening in our environment, you need to start speaking on a daily basis, aggressively, saying, let there be light into that area of darkness. Do you get what I'm saying? I know some of you are going to think, dude, that day was crazy tonight. I am a little crazy, but this stuff works. This stuff actually works, what I'm talking about. I would rather look crazy and work than be the perfect little package and have no power. 
Yeah. So, where was I? Yeah, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, okay, let, let me just, because this is the classic salvation message right here. Okay, this is, the, this, is, this is how you get saved. This is how you enter the kingdom of heaven. But what about entering the kingdom of heaven in areas in your life where it feels like the kingdom of hell is ruling? Okay, let's just take health. I've been talking about health quite a bit tonight. Okay, let's just talk about finances for a second. In finances, if you confess that Jesus, with your mouth that Jesus is Lord over your finances and believe in your heart that God has raised them from the dead, a.k.a. raised negative stuff up from the dead, and turned it into positive, you'll be saved. So when you have, a, let's say, for instance, in your finances, if you have an area that's just totally messed up, I'm going to start confessing Jesus into that area. And I will not doubt in my heart, in Jesus' name, all the finances you need for when you get here will manifest, and you're going to have the most income that you've ever had in your life, and that will be just the beginning, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. But we need to start speaking like that. Oh, I hope God blesses me because he blessed everyone else in church. And I'm seeing all these amazing stories. Hey, do you think if I inboxed you, you could feel sorry for me too? You get what I'm saying? Sometimes people come begging me for help and I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? You want me to buy you a box of Kleenex? Or do you want me to pray? But when I pray, are you going to believe it? Or was that you just ticking the box of getting another sympathy? You actually need to get this for you where you start to own it because the second you own it, you start having an anchor that flies way up into heaven and it locks onto your promises and it starts pulling it down out of heaven. God, I'm having that. I don't care how long it takes. That's your job. I'm not, I'm not here to tell you when, but I am here to tell you that it's mine. Look, my little son, if he comes and asks me for food, I'm like, dude, how dare you ask me for food, Benjamin? Right? No way, I'd never talk like that. I would never even question the fact that he needs food because he's hungry. It's not ever entered into my mind. Do you really believe that God begrudges you demanding breakthrough? Do you really believe that God is offended by you asking and demanding to be healed? Do you really think that God is weirded out because you need finances? Right? God is pleased when you ask him and you stop complaining. Matter of fact, this is a word for some of you. Some of you that have been really struggling, and and this is a breakthrough for you tonight just hearing this. I I can feel it in the room. Some of you are going to start watching Accelerated Breakthrough because when we take a little step towards God, God just comes flooding to encourage that step. Because when we get the breakthrough of that little step, he understands that it's going to stimulate us running further into God. He, he, he actually wants to lull intimacy and he wants to lull breakthrough and freedom so he will bless effort, especially initially. Do you understand what I'm saying? So what I want to say to you tonight, in the areas that you guys have been struggling, start pressing into this. I know I've gone over time. I apologize, but this is important. Push into this stuff. Start defying it. Make it a daily habit. Some of you needed to retrain your brain. Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the washing of the word that makes you think straight, and then you start speaking straight. True? Don't be conformed to this world any longer. In other words, don't be conformed or pushed around by the atmosphere that you live under, by the dictates of the enemy, by the, by the, the, the stuff that hell's throwing at you. Be transformed in your thinking by the washing of the word that actually changes your mind. When, you, when you're changed, you believe in your heart and then out of your mouth comes the truth. 
And when God hears that, he's like, angels, go take care of that. And the devil hears it and he starts running. We need to stop being uh, faux Christians and actually start being authentic Christians. The devil's not afraid of people that can say the name of Jesus but don't believe who he is. Remember the sons of Sceva? They're like, there's this, there's this dude that's demon-possessed. There's these seven sons. They've just, they've just met Jesus and they've watched a few of the guys. And they're like, guys, we're going to get in on this action. There's business here for sure. Probably what they were thinking. So they're like, in the name of Jesus, be free. And that didn't work. And they're like, in the name of Paul, be free. Then the demon starts talking out of this guy who's clearly demon-possessed, obviously. And then he's like, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? And then he proceeds to take all the guy's clothes off and beats them up, and they go running down the street naked, which is not a good place to be in. Forever unclean. (laughs) Do you get what I'm saying? The thing is, is that it's not what you can say. It's not about a mantra. It's about something you own that obtains. And you start pulling stuff. And guys, I'm telling you, you can get anything you need if you just stand in faith authentic faith, breakthrough, family getting saved, finances, increase, prosperity, marriage, healing. It's all there. Deliverance, whatever it is. Might be an area that you struggle in your life around sin. That right there is never coming on me again in Jesus' name. I'm never going to bow to that area in Jesus' name. And if you get it wrong, there is one that's faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness and pick you up and wash you down like it never happened and help you keep going on the road. Come on, this is awesome. But we need to own this. We need to stop being little lambs and actually start having lions in us. Does this make sense? You talk to people with the lamb. You talk to God with the lamb. But you deal with the devil with the lion. Does this make sense? In Jesus' name. I've got one more scripture to read. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, come back with me, please, to... The book of Mark. Mark chapter 4 is my last scripture. See, we're going to start getting some people that actually start obtaining stuff. When you speak, it's like you have a fishing rod and you throw it out into the atmosphere. When you speak with faith, you get the good things and you hook the good things. When you speak with fear, you actually use the same vehicle, the same fishing rod, but you pull negativity towards you. Does that make sense? Um, um, chapter 4, verse 39. The guys are dying in the boat. Well, the, 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 the disciples are crossing, the, crossing the, river, uh, the lake. Jesus is sleeping in the bow. A huge storm arises. Now, remember, this storm actually is a storm that the disciples have probably been around before. There were, some of them were seasoned fishermen on that particular lake. They knew it very well. It's all they did. They were expert sailors and fishermen. These guys were all freaking out for sure they were going to die. So it was pretty bad. Okay? Jesus stands up. They wake him. And they're like, um, hey, teacher, you don't care that we're all going to die right now? Okay? So really bad circumstances. Can I just say, sometimes you need to stop categorizing how bad you are and actually start talking about how great he is. Oh, you don't know how bad the situation is right now. You wouldn't understand. It's just really bad. and No one could get it right now. And I'm just in the worst place that I've ever seen anybody. Be quiet. You're speaking the wrong thing out of your mouth. If you can't speak in faith, here, close your mouth. 
if you can't, like, you guys remember the little Bambi movie when I was a kid? I never forgot it. It's like, little thumper's there, and he's, like, shooting his mouth off, and his mum's like, what did I tell you? It's like, if you can't say nothing nice, don't say anything at all. And that's actually what you need. You need that little thumper anointing on your life. And you need to actually just close your mouth if you feel like you're going to have a little little blowout or a little complain or a little like negativity sesh. You just need to be quiet. And only let good things come out of your mouth. Because the same power, that's what says life and death is in the power of the tongue. Those that love the good things will eat its fruit. But if you love to talk about negativity, you're going to actually pull that stuff closer to you and it's going to become a reality. That's why the scriptures say the very thing they feared came upon them. If you've got something looming over you, you have to get out of fear, which is being afraid of the what if, and you need to start getting in faith, which is being confident of the what if. The other what if. The other other white meat. So, um, Mark chapter 4, and we're sorry, verse 39. So Jesus stands up in the boat. <laughs> I love goofing around a bit. It's just the way I am in Jesus. <laughs> Okay, verse 39, Jesus stands up in the middle of that and he, and he arose and rebuked the wind and sea and said, peace be still. That's all he said. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Do you notice that Jesus didn't negotiate? Do you notice that, that Jesus didn't ask advice for the people around him that were seasoned? Remember, he was a carpenter, not a fisherman. He's like, hey, what do you think is going to happen right now, Peter? Do you, in your opinion, Peter, where do you think things are at? Um, yeah, I don't know if my father would be too happy that the things got out of control. Do you hear what I'm saying? He didn't ask for opinions. The worst thing you could do was ask for opinions. You need to actually keep... Now, do you remember, remember Jairus? There's a guy called Jairus whose daughter died and he called Jesus to the house. He's like, Jesus, my little girl, I think she was 13, my little girl just died. She's in the house. And back then they actually had a tradition that when someone died, they would actually pay like a flash mob of... Uh, there literally was a flash mob of, of mourners to come and, and like put on, they, they'd get paid. It's like, end of the day, it's like they straighten their face up. It's like, yeah, can I buy a few dinar right now? Thanks, that's great. Have a great day. See ya. There'd be this big, big mob of mourners around and everyone in the house was sad and grieving in the room. Jesus shows up. Do you know what Jesus did? Get everybody out. Do you know why he got everyone out? It wasn't so that he could go into his Zen place in the Holy Ghost. It's because he removed negativity because only faith could raise that girl from the dead. Do you understand this? He protected the environment. And sometimes, guys, you have to get away from the people that are constantly agreeing with your circumstances but not agreeing with God. You have to guard your atmosphere. And some people can't help themselves, so you need to help yourself away from them. Does this make sense? You need to remove yourself. Say, shh, quiet. And you need to get yourself into a place where faith is the only voice being heard. Does this make sense? If you guys get this tonight, you're going to start getting breakthrough. It's guaranteed. This stuff works. I can't promise you the time frame, but I can promise you this works. In any area, it's proven. Literally since the beginning of time. Amen?